Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face-to-face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight. This is Ben Hendricks, and we're glad you've joined us. On the last episode, we were talking together about Gene Twenge's book, iGen. And here's the subtitle, because I love the subtitle when it's so long. (laughs) Why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood. And then the asterisk in the subtitle, and what that means for the rest of us. Well, I'm assuming we're the rest of us. So So in part one, the last episode, and you you can go back and grab that, we talked a little bit about a definition of iGen and what they are. Today, we're going to talk more about what do we do about it hmm. as parents, as employers, as friends, as teachers, as mentors, folks at church. What do we do about it? So is that is that good with you, Ben? Sounds good with me. All right. Well, here's what we'll do. Since you'll do most of the talking, he's the guy that read the book, I will give us a recap on what you said last time. And I'll right. do this, I think, in about two minutes. <laughs> iGen is the generation born between 94 and 2012. So they're graduating high school between 2012 and 2030. And they've, the two things maybe that we can think about is they've never lived life without the internet and they've had their whole adolescence with smartphones. Yep. And that's, those are really interesting things when you stop to think about it. So Ben, yesterday, you tr- or last time, you, tr- you highlighted two trends. Number one, they're in no hurry to grow up. They're sort of putting off many of the markers of adulthood and what that means. Driver's license, jobs and responsibilities, drinking, sex, that kind of stuff. Uh, In many ways, they're growing up more slowly as a generation. Okay. Number two, the thing you highlighted yesterday was you camped a little bit more on what the internet has meant for their development, for who they are, how screens have defined their lives for better and for worse. It's not all bad, but uh, for better and for worse. Relationally, yeah, they're still relational, but it's a lot more virtual. Uh, there's some insecurity Hmm. that comes. Of course, everyone's got insecurity, you know, teen teen drama. Uh, But now that teen drama is public and it's forever. So instead of just, you know, 15 kids in your class knowing something stupid about you, now all sorts of people can know it because it gets out. Um, And then another insecurity is maybe success because now it's felt in how many likes on my Insta or whatever, and did the right people like it? And now there's really some metrics, like I only got seven, somebody else got 700, I must not be worth it. Absolutely. Something like that. So some insecurity, so because of the internet. All right, there's way more in part one, but this maybe gives us enough to jump into part two. Ben, where do we go from here as parents, as mentors, (laughs) employers, teachers? Where do we go from here? All right, let's talk. Yeah, so this is kind of more the where the rubber meets the road and how do we yeah. apply what we what we talked about in the last uh, session, the last a little bit of this. And so I think the first thing is we just need to remember a couple things that as as we're really shepherding and leading and raising our, our iGeners, yeah. we need to remember that a couple things of, of these first two, and then there's so many more in the book, will impact the way that we need to raise them. And so one thing that we need to remember is the mental or ideological shift for iGen that we talked about a little bit in the last session, where it's this idea that from from past generations, there was this sense of it, it's a good thing to get older, a good thing to grow yeah. up. Yeah, you but want in that. iGen, it's, it's shifted away from that. 
the way I like to put it is it's, Ijin kind of hears this motto of it, adulting is not all it's cracked up to be. Wait, adultery? <laughs> adulting. <laughs> oh, adulting. A slight difference, I guess. <laughs> adulting uh, is, adulting not is not all it's cracked up to be. So like I was saying, past generations have seemingly looked forward uh, to an, an eagerly awaited growing up and becoming mm-hmm. adults. Yeah. So in other words, they saw it really positively. They saw the freedom to make their own choices, the relationships that they could have, driving. And, and holistically, they saw, for the most part, responsibility as a good thing, or at least a necessary thing. One that if you're going to take a step out in freedom, if you're going to get all those good things, there is a little bit of a cost. And that's just some responsibility. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to pay that. But for iGen, there's been a that, that cultural, ideological, mental shift for them where at least in at least in large part, a demonizing of adulthood. Huh. And a glorifying of childhood childhood or adolescence. Sure. So it's it's kind of flipping it over. Where in past generations like, well, I mean, I just gotta grow up. I gotta yeah. like life is found when I hit sixteen or seventeen or eighteen or on, when I can get out of my parents' house, when I can get that job, when I can do this. But for very much of iGen, it seems that that has shifted on its head. Mm-hmm. And adulthood is just seen under the banner of responsibility, hmm. which is only bad. Because it takes away from the freedoms that come from a lack of responsibility or just getting to do what you want. Adulthood means jobs. It also uh-huh. means structure. And I think when, as we highlighted the a bit of insecurity, which we'll touch again, like it's also adulthood means a pl- like a chance and a place to fail. I think we need to remember those things that so much of iGen is seeing the world in this picture, mm-hmm. but we also need to remember as we, as that, that was the, they're in no hurry to grow right. up, but they're very influenced by the internet. The internet and smartphones are playing a large role in your child, in our iGeners upbringing. And so quantity, we talked about that, uh, that an iGener is four times more like, are going to spend four times more time on, on a, a new media device. So that's, TV, their phone, gaming, just the internet in general, than a student would the same age 10 years ago. Hmm. Now, the emergence of smartphones and the internet has shifted community for much of iGen right. digitally to the internet, video games, social media, texting. And so what, and one of the things you also mentioned, which was Due to the increase in technology, there's been a drastic rise as it's gone online, as social, as all of the social norms have kind of gone online in that insecurity with iGeners because of all the mistakes, the trials, the difficulties that are part of just yeah. growing up, the part of being a middle schooler, all of that awkwardness right. wrapped up and put on the very unforgiving internet. <laughs> very unforgiving internet. That's a great way to say it. And so I think at, like for our parents and for our leaders who are, who are leading iGeners, we need to remember the pressure that is on, our, on these iGeners, on our students, mm-hmm. on our kids, mm-hmm. that when all of these social norms and values become reduced to likes, comments, interactions, and more, there is no wonder that iGen struggles with insecurity. Mm-hmm. Every post is a chance to be outed. Every comment, a chance to be wrong every interaction, the possibility to be humiliated. Every part of the already awkwardness of life, of growing up, is put on into the public sphere for all to see. Hmm. You know, it's It's, interesting. You look at, like, even adults, and, I mean, we all, everybody knows this. Like, we see uh, the, the comment threads 
on different places. And if you're mm. kind of 35 and over, you have a Facebook page. I don't know if any, yeah, any right. teenager has one. But <laughs> anyway, if you're 35 or older. And, you know, people going ballistic on these comment threads. And you're like, mm. this is a disaster. Like, who, who is allowing themselves to get like this? But then now go and think, wow, I'm 14. I've... I've uh, not really established yet who I am and have a good sense of myself. I'm still feeling it all through. And now somebody's directing this invective at me or I've got this, this you know, I'm typing it out and, and, and with no sort of filter, even less yeah. filter than a 40-year-old might have, amazingly enough. So it just, yeah, it's like we see it as adults. Imagine how much more it would hurt the heart of a kid. Absolutely, because I think one of, so many adults... Fortunately, I've kind of have learned that filter to process when they when they are critiqued, they go, okay, who critiques me? Right. How much value, how much voice should I give that critique? To the random person on the internet who's not even using their real name, you can lower that into the category of yeah. maybe I need to hear that. But there's a difference between the, the parent or the, the mentor, the person who's in your life that you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a lot of our middle school, high school students, and a lot of the iGeners right now, it's hard to to distinguish between the two. And so when so much value is wrapped up in how many likes you're getting and the posts that you have and, and comments and all of that, it's hard to, to have a sense of security about yourself because it's yeah. always up in the air. Yeah. yeah. You, know? you know, interesting. You're talking about how, um, how ubiquitous the internet is to kids, like mm. to, to anyone who's a teenager. Even last night, we were just talking last night as a family, <laughs> you know, and somehow uh, Susan said, oh, let, like, here's our, our cloud memory plan. Like, you know, up on the cloud, how much memory? And she's like, oh, well, you know, dad, you've used this much and, and son number one, son number two and whatever. And, and like, who's using what amount of our, of our gigabytes on the cloud? And I'm like, this is such a new conversation for me, yeah. but it's such a normal conversation for our kids. Like, it's just, it's just part of growing up for them. Yep. Like, I would be talking about leftovers when I was seven, <laughs> you know. Like, it's just, it's like, wow, yeah, it's just there. It's just where they live. Well, and technology, smartphones, the internet, it's, yeah, it's just all a part of the life that they live. I mean, in our lives, like it is. Like, we're on computers, we're, yeah. we have yeah. microphones. Just so much of life is wrapped up in that. And they've grown up in it their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember learning some of this stuff. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> And they're not learning it. They're just, they're no, just kind of they got raised it. on like it. Yeah. It's kind of like trying to learn English. You can't ever learn the grammar. You have to kind of be born into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to. Anyway. All right. Well, where do we go from here? Like, what are some practical ways uh, to help? What, you know, if we're, if we're here with these, with these employees, neighbors, kids at church, kids in our own home, yeah. and adults in our own home, adults at church, leaders at church. Okay, what can we learn from this? So I'd say firstly, and we can think of the first one as a big picture and then little pictures. A big picture okay. uh, is to take an audit of your time on technology. So specifically uh, what you just were talking about of going, well, let's look at who, like how much time our iGeners or even ourselves are spending online. Like, because that matters. E- like we're at the point now where even Apple will give you the ability to know how long you're spending yeah. on Instagram or Instagram will give you that. And then you can limit yourself because mm-hmm. this, the stats are in. Like this isn't, this isn't up in the air. Right. Time on these things is not always the best thing. Mm-hmm. Most often it's mm-hmm. not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to take an audit of our time. And so even for our parents to really help is limit 
your students' time. Limit your iGeners' time on technology. And an audit in time is not just for iGen, it's for everybody. It's everybody. Like, just just do it, yeah. And so, yeah, specifically for our iGeners, think about limiting their time on technology. Mm-hmm. Four times more time on technology than kids their age 10 years ago, like, that's drastic. And these aren't mistakes. This is a trend. Mm-hmm. It's doubling, it seems, every five years. And we'll have to see that in, in 2025. Is that true again? Maybe we're going to have more hours in the day. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we can start growing. Doubling, those. doubling. So, and, okay, audit the time and limit the time. Like, just yeah. make sure you know. But but not limit an arbitrary limit that, you know, somebody in Washington says it's got to be, you know, 1.72 hours. But how? what's the limit? Yeah, I think that, that help it, us there. That's a hard thing, right? Is because at some point That's why we pay you the big yeah, dollars. Right? Every parent has to kind of think that through and walk that through with their own kids because here's the reality. We can't just give some arbitrary number like you're saying because so much of their time is spent on technology in school, mm, right? In relationships, like so much of the social aspect of growing up is now brought online. Yeah ripping it all away wholesale is not necessarily the best thing. It's probably not a, the best thing. It's not. So how how do you work with your kids to kind of start figuring that out? I think some of it is li- just simply limiting them on the things that they, they need to have in, in person. So like really the second major takeaway of this is to increase our iGener's time around people. Hmm. So back to the limiting of their technology, if if they're spending so much time with society, like with their friends and with uh, mentors and with all these other people online, how do we move those away from just being online and into into being on, in person? Yeah, because so in that second point of increasing their time around people, what we just see is relationships online rarely are as good as they are in person. And so what we need to do is quickly think: How can we help our students, our kids, our i Jenners shift from so much of their social life being online to being more in person like to invite friends over to get them to go out and do certain things to ha- where they are having activities where they are going to school and 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 hanging out there and ha- and having friends that aren't just stuck on on texting and on social media and and those aren't bad things but how do we get them in person mm-hmm because the reality is iGen is almost always going to kind of default to this place default. of relationships online. And it makes sense because it's easier and it's more convenient. It's more it's easier to have to invite a friend to play Xbox together or PlayStation or whatever to play that video game than it is to go figure out something to do right. in real life. Right. And so again, the technology is not the problem. It's what they're missing out on by having real in-person relationships. Because I've experienced this with my own life. I think we all have. You can build relationships online, but they never have the depth that the ones you build in person do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Increase their time around people and not just friends, but give them mentors. Hmm. Get them around people who know more than they do. Build that with your own kids. How do you build those relationships? Not the ones just online, but the ones in person. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's important. That is good. I think thirdly, the next one is to give your kids a place to fail. Hmm. Did you you want to say something about that? You know, I was going to say on the technology, I think a thing that is helpful for us as as parents. So now we're kind of talking parents because, you know, an employer is not talking about limiting time on technology. But here we are talking in the home. 
Um, I think there's a difference between consuming and creating. Hmm. And like, like, so again, like you're, you're texting with a friend. Well, that's not just consumption. But if you're just kind of scrolling through Instagram ad nauseum, that's just consuming. That's just yeah. sort of like, it's just eyes glazed over. It's like watching Scooby-Doo for four hours when you're I was right. a kid. Like that's just consuming straight up, not really doing too, too much. Although I got to tell you, some of the memes are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in kind of the right, but, but then, you know, you see, you got these iPads or computers and you're drawing on them or you're putting stuff together or, you know, you're actually creating something mm. or again, schoolwork often done online yeah. now, and that's creative. And that's just a whole different, uh, kettle of fish really yeah. than just the straight up sort of default. I love that word. You know, when, when a kid or an adult is going to default just to their screen, mm. that's kind of, okay, how can we help them there? So when you say limit technology, limit their time, it's this side of it of consuming and mindless stuff yeah. versus um, the creating stuff either for school or for fun. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's so much of that part of the taking an audit of their time on it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, th- I think if we're honest with our audits of our technology, most of it's the consumption and not the production, right? Right. We're using it to take that in. Yeah. But the beauty of it is that if we're, we use it well and we're wise with our consumption, we can use it for our benefit. But I don't think, I think we need to be honest so in that for the most of our 14, 15, 16 year olds, they're using it for what's entertaining, not necessarily what's for their betterment and that right. consumption. And it's kind of like candy. Yeah. Candy is great. Enjoy it. But man, if you eat 17 candy bars a day, yeah. you're just not going to be healthy. Yep, you're right. And, and that's just kind of like, just, just enjoy the candy in the right measure. You're absolutely right. So the, okay. that, that third yeah, one was uh, to give your kids a place to fail. Okay, so now we're, we're sort of talking about the generation as a whole, not specifically yep. internet, but yep. like helping them grow up or helping them yeah, take and steps I, into I, adulthood. I definitely think this is more in the category of, they're, of they're, growing, they're growing up a little bit more slowly than past generations. Mm-hmm. And... What this comes out of is just this place of that iGen is struggling with insecurity. Yep, and so yep. we, we, we need to, we need, and that needs to inform the way that we raise iGeners. And it doesn't need to be like that we puff out our chest and we go, oh, you'll just figure it out. And you need to, you need, like, like man up or woman up or whatever. Like we, and we just have to burn them. Like at some point we need to treat them like, like who they are and their kids, the majority of them right now. And we need to actually give them places in which it's safe and it's fine to fail, mm-hmm. like to struggle in mm-hmm. and to really test things out. I think often we try to get them to the point where it's like, you have to have everything ready to go because it is some of that experiential stuff of that they are, that they have experienced so much. And maybe they can actually quote some things like, man, you know that, or wow, you've yeah. already seen that. Oh, wow. Like we, we experientially, they may have already gotten to a certain level of adulting, but of well, those key markers, they're, they're a little bit slower behind that. And so we need to still give them places in which they can test out their abilities and they can actually know that they can succeed and how to do that. What's an example of that for a parent? Well, I, I think it's just giving them more time to really just, you know, when the, when the actual problems come like arise. So maybe they aren't performing in the sport that you want them to be performing as sure, well. Sure. Is coming up to them and like, man, okay, like you didn't perform like we wanted, like you wanted. One, let's just remind them that we still love them and their value doesn't come from the success or failures of a sport or whatever they're doing, but then taking the time to go, okay, how can we make this better? How can we, how can we do this? It's, I think, paving the way that they're allowed to fail mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They're allowed to mess up, but it's not okay necessarily to stay there. So how do you take a step forward? And, and they're failure, but they're still us. Yeah. We're still in it together. Yeah. I, I think, so if you can help them go, it's not the end of the world if I fail, and I can figure out the steps out and how to move forward. Yeah. I, I think we drastically help iGeners because mm-hmm. it's so easy to get lost in the, I can't fail, and so I'm never going to start. Yep. And then they get labeled as failures anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And so lastly, I think, and this will have about a couple parts to it, but because really the biggest one is it's right with give your kids a place to fail. We also have to push our kids into responsibility. And that's a hard thing to walk between those like that. It's like walking that thin line, that trapeze and trying to balance between how do we not, how do we give our places, our kids a place to fail and give them responsibility? Because you don't want to overcoddle them or burden them with every responsibility. So in so one of the nat- we just have to remember that one of the natural inclinations of iGen seems to be that they gravitate away from responsibility. That should impact the way that we parent. My advice, so I'll give three pretty quick things, is one to help them understand how to make wise choices. Hmm. Yeah. So much of iGen, I don't. I, I think we leave them out of the choices that we're making. It's kind of that small family, that slow family. Yeah. That we ca- that we 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 often will spend so much time nurturing. We don't actually help them understand how to make wise choices. So that can be bringing them into the decisions you make as a family. How do you and your spouse make wise choices? How do you and your spouse make wise choices for your kid? That I think we need to exemplify to our kids what it looks like to live wisely, to make good choices, to be a part of society, to hold a job, to make money, to invest it, and to be a part of a community. Mm -hmm. It seems very much like the book of Proverbs. (laughs) To invite them into the wisdom yeah. and to teach them how to do it. So secondly, I think the second way that we help our, our push our kids into responsibility is to help your kids take the step out. Parents' greatest assets to their kids is unconditional love, a good and healthy setting for them to grow up, fail, learn, and try things out and have fun in, and it's the guidance to help them transition out into the world. Hmm. I think we often get stuck on the first or second one and we never help them transition out. We need to help them understand that the, all of this nurturing, all of this benefit, yes, is for their good, but also for their good is to help them take steps out into the real world, to, get, to be able to hold a job, to be able to invest, to be able to live wisely. And then lastly, and then we'll be done to give responsibility in doses. Ijen often pulls away from responsibility and struggles with a little bit of insecurity and failure. Find small ways that you can give them responsibility. They don't make them up and take them out of the ether. Right, yeah. But what are the things that they're passionate about? What are the things that they care about, they love, and they spend their time doing? And use those things to give them responsibility. So the... But even if they're not, what, what does it take to be part of a home? Like have yeah. them mowing the lawn or at least the back of the lawn or yeah, have them absolutely. You know, vacuuming in the living room. And, and just those little things, I mean, it takes 12 minutes to vacuum the living room, but that's them contributing. It absolutely is. And so I th- the way that for me that I think about it is that for every freedom they get or gift they receive, give them a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So that's when you buy them a gift, let them put it all together. Like let them build it, let them put, or it, put together. it together with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
or when they when they turn 16 when they get their license or get a car make them pay for the insurance mm -hmm. make them pay for the repairs make or make them go to all those things with you don't just do all of them for them like ha let them have some responsibility or maybe the really uh, pushy one is when they go to college make them get a job mm -hmm. it doesn't have to pay for everything but let them know as they as they take steps in freedom or even some responsibility, there are often other responsibilities that go along with it. Yeah. I think we just always need to be willing to help our iGeners, one, in the encouragement to, to fight off the insecurity, but also in the ways to actually fight insecurity for themselves, which is having a good handle on reality, having a good handle on life, and having a good handle on responsibility in general, that there are good practical ways to help them, and you can help them right now, no matter what their age is, by little ways to add in. So raising them in the Lord. I mean, that's just what you're, you're talking right. about. Just yeah. Like you said, by Proverbs. Well, helping them step out, giving them responsibility as well as a safe place to fail, increasing time with friends, auditing time with technology. All these things are principles for one generation and for every generation. But Ben, thank you so much. This is super helpful as we befriend and employ and parent and incorporate iGen into leadership in our communities, in our churches. I mean, this is God's blessing for us, is this generation. And they're filled with potential, filled with gifts for the rest of the world. And we get to steward them. And so thanks Amen. for helping us in that. Let's help uh, them encounter God's grace, just as we're encountering it as well. Listen, thank you for joining us. Uh, go ahead and, and, and go back and get part one if you didn't see that. Share this, like this. Go ahead and comment and come on back and we'll see you next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. 